Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast, the podcast for early interventionists, where you'll hear stories, reflection, and coaching from the early intervention field. My name is Erica, and I'm an ECSE teacher in Minnesota. This podcast is about connecting through stories and reflecting on our practices during visits. Listen as I try to put best practice to work and research to work on the road and on real visits and how I always try to find humor in it all. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Rainbows and Rain is wherever podcasts are listened to, so please share it with your colleagues and your friends in early intervention. Um, Basically, wherever podcasts are listened to, you can find uh, Rainbows and Rain. And if you are listening, can you please leave a rating or a review for the podcast? I know a lot of you are listening. And that helps uh, put the podcast in front of the audience we're trying to reach. So people like us who are doing home visits and working with families. So that is greatly appreciated if you can rate and review the podcast and just help uh, the R&R community to keep growing. You can also find the podcast on Instagram. So you can check it out at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast. That is the best place to send me a message, comment, um, share what's working and what's not. Um, I really like it. I follow a lot of accounts related only to early intervention. So you can check that out. I'm going to, I wanted to share a couple on the podcast today. One of them is EI Coaching on Instagram. She has a lot of great opportunities to um, just grow your skills in coaching and family-guided, routines-based intervention. She is an SLP, but um, I really like her stuff. She, yeah, she recently posted a video. She does these peer-to-peer opportunities and these coach-to-coach opportunities. She also has a really great website, something I am working on, but is not, uh, not there yet. But yeah, I really, I really like that account. So if you're looking um, just for more, just for more, it's a great place to go to. Okay, so I got it up there. If you want to find the video on YouTube, you can find it. Um, the, The channel is Early Intervention Coaching. And the title of the video is Getting Started with Families. EI coaching, you sh- it should it should pop up. And again, it's about 20 minutes and it's a great interview with this um, service provider and researcher and professor on basically that, like how to get started with families. And I thought it was perfect because I was thinking about as it's like back to school time for a lot of people getting ready for your best visits with families. But when I think of best, I don't think of perfect. And I think that is a big misconception 
with coaching is that it needs to look like this or that or be more like this or have less of that. And that's not what coaching is at all. And I I will also link the, the, the video <clears throat> in the episode description because she really touches on meeting the families where it where they're at having to educate them on what the model is and coach at the same time so it it was really interesting so i won't get into it too deep other than that but it it was a great a great video a great pep talk on getting ready for visits I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts lately. One of them is called EI on the Fly. They recently um, did a short series on tele-intervention or virtual visits. Even if you're not primarily doing that anymore, I highly recommend listening to those episodes because there's some great takeaways from it. And one of them was, and I was thinking about this and also reading about this in some literature, but how quote, setting the stage is so important. And I've heard too from people through Instagram, like what kind of resources do you have or what kind of handouts do you have to kind of explain this to families and and so on and so forth. And I really focused on that last year in, um, in my own professional growth was how to explain this to families and make it work and set it up right. Because if you don't, you know, it's just so important in the very beginning because everyone has kind of preconceived notions or maybe they don't, I don't know, on what a visit is going to look like, right? We've been on tons of visits. That's what we do every day, day in and day out. And most of these families have not but they know their child needs help and they know their child is either delayed or or at risk for delays or has already been diagnosed with a disability, whatever it might be, they know they need help. And coming from the parent perspective a little bit, it's realizing that you need somebody else to teach your child or to show you how to teach your child these skills that aren't coming naturally um, like they would in a neurotypical child. And every parent is going to go on this journey differently. It, it just looks different from every parent. Like some parents are ready and they want to know and they want to do. And other parents are like, I don't want to know, <laughs> maybe, and I don't want to do. <laughs> I don't know I, if that's ever happened to you, but it's definitely happened to me. Um, that's grief. So that's that's the grieving process. So there's just a very delicate ba- um, dance or balance, whatever you want to call it, with with all of these things and setting the stage and preparing visits or I'm sorry, preparing families and caregivers for what visits are going to look like or maybe not look like is really important. 
I've been on break for a few weeks, so today is my first day back to work, and I had an initial IFSP meeting with a mom, and uh, I found myself saying something I've never really said before, and I, I really, it was virtual too, so I should say that too. So typically I would come with my handouts and I would go over them, but I wasn't able to do that. So because of just logistics, um, where I work, we're able to uh, problem solve sometimes scheduling with offering meetings uh, virtually, which is really nice. And I said to her, at the end of every visit, we're going to come up with a plan of what you're going to do in between visits. And I I didn't prepare myself to say that, but I think it just kind of fell out. Like as I was explaining the model to her and as I was explaining what visits are going to look like, I just, you know, really tried to set the stage like, yes, this is a, a parent coaching model. That doesn't really tell the parent anything, to be honest. Um, they don't know what that means, but when I give specifics, like you and I are going to come up with a plan, we're going to do some things and then you're going to work on them in between visits. We're going to come back together on the next visit. We're going to review that plan and we're going to see, um, see what else we need to do to keep progress moving along. I didn't want to dive too much deeper into the joint planning part um, in the meeting, but I just wanted her to come away with that meeting feeling like this is something we're going to do together. That's, That's the key idea I want her to get from what these visits are going to look like. And, you know, also that it will be based on what she's currently struggling with right now. And uh, in this instance, it was talking and, and getting her t- her daughter to engage and talk more. Uh, currently only has two or three words. And like I said, she is uh, 22 months. So anyways, um. So yeah, it's like, what what's the key message you want parents to take away? Because they can only take in so much inf- so much information at this at these meetings. They've just found out that their child um, is delayed or has a disability or or whatever it is um, or has autism, and so their threshold for what they're able to take in verbally right now in the moment is minimal. So I try to keep it really, really simple at those meetings when it comes to writing the IFSP goal. I ask them, I rephrase back to them what I've heard them say over and over are their priorities and ask them, does this sound okay? Is there anything you want to add here? Um, When it comes to writing that routines-based goal for their for the plan. You know, we've written these plans how I don't know how many different times um where it's I want my child to talk. I want my child to talk. My child's 20 months, my child's 28 months, my child's 30 months. I want them to talk. We've heard this story over and over again. We need to get the parents to write a little bit of this story. So when you're coming up with that goal, you 
I mean, you probably have a goal in the back of your head and what it should be and how it should look. But we we want the parents involved in writing that story. So I also said to her, you know, I've heard you say she has these words. If you could pick two or three more words you wish she could say, what, what would those be? So it's just asking those reflective questions, even when you're writing outcomes and goals that you know should be worked on, but, and you probably will work on them because they've shared them, you know, in different ways throughout the evaluation and through discussions and things like that. But now it's like, now we're moving into that service delivery and what that's going to look like and um, that it's it's still going to be collaborative. It's still going to be um, you and I helping your daughter increase these increase in skills and increase in communication. And you might have to dig deep, unfortunately. <laughs> Some parents won't be as upfront with, with what, you know, oh, you know, well, you know, just talk, just use words. And I just had to answer, I just had to ask questions, dig just a little bit deeper. So I hear you saying that she's using gestures like reaching and pointing. Um, what about shaking her head? No. Oh, yep, she can do that. Okay. Yes. Is she also shaking her head? Oh, no, she's not doing that yet. Would it be helpful if she was able to do that? Oh, that would be so helpful. So this is exactly how the conversation went earlier today in the meeting. So just dig a little bit deeper because there, it's there. You know, what you need from them is there. You just have to draw it out. And that will set the stage as well to a successful first visit, second visit, third visit. Like that gets the ball rolling and sets the stage for what this is going to look like. I do have a welcome to early intervention brochure that I created for myself and for my team that I work with. And I created it on Canva, but you could use, um, you could use any type of Word document, Google Doc, or graphic um, app to make one. And just, I have really simply in there just simple stuff like health guidelines and scheduling. But something I did new this year was um, what to expect on visits and how to prepare for your first visit. So I thought that was really kind of cool. Um, I'm just starting to use it and I see if I can bring it up here quick. I'll explain a little bit. So it has just kind of a definition of the program model. I made it just a trifold brochure. And so just a, a few sentences about the program model, um, how to contact me, stuff like that, uh, calendar stuff, health guidelines, just your basic things. Um, but some of these key things I put in there were what to expect on visits. And this is exactly what I wrote. Visits begin with identifying your family's priorities. Next, we'll develop a plan of action on how to address those priorities and practice strategies with your child during your activities and routines together. At the end of the visit, we'll make a plan for what you want to focus on for the next visit. Practice in between visits is essential to progress. 
And then I have another section on preparing for your first visit. And it says, together we will plan, practice, and reflect on what we're doing. What are you and your child struggling with the most during the day? What do you want to prioritize? Where do you want to practice skills, mealtimes, dressing, play, etc.? You know your child best. We will help match strategies that will work best to meet your goals for your child. So I tried to keep it as simple as I could, right? Like, again, and I have some graphics in there that kind of show this is like a a three-person deal. You know, I got some very basic graphics kind of showing that triad. And then I also included, because I think it's really important at this age level and level of special education where families are just entering special education, um, just some terms to know. So it's just on one side and it's just terms to know, like, what is an IFSP? What is an IEP? Um, procedural safeguards, you know, those are those parent rights that every uh, parent has. What is IDEA, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act? This is an opportunity, whether you're a service coordinator or, you know, you're the primary service provider or whoever you are, if you are in front of a family and servicing families and in their homes and working with children with disabilities, it is I just think so important to also set the stage for that, right? Like um, you are the best advocate for your child and you you should know that there are um, supports and things in place to help you uh, along the way. Because for some families, this is going to be a really long road. So that's just a little bit about my welcome to early intervention brochure that I use for me personally. It has my contact info on it and stuff like that. Um, If you're interested and want to see what it looks like, feel free to email me at erikabo80 at gmail.com. I also still use the welcome to early intervention letter that's on the FGRBI website. So FGRBI.com obviously stands for routines-based uh, or family-guided routines-based intervention. Uh, that, that is the best letter. It's It's got three beautiful graphics on it. It's laid out really, really well. It's not too long. It's very much to the point. And I love that letter. I've posted it on Instagram, so you can check it out there too. Uh, But I love that letter, so I still use that. So that's kind of what I do to kind of get ready for my best visits with families is I just try to communicate in different ways what visits are going to look like. I also take that first visit really, really slow Um, I probably spend more time with the caregiver up front and developing that rapport and that relationship uh, before jumping into anything. But also, we also have to meet families where they're at. And what I thought was great about the video I mentioned earlier is that it talks about 
when families aren't ready and when we need to lean in a little bit more and model more or demonstrate more, that's okay because that's just meeting families where they're at. However, you need to be prepared and you need to have a plan on how you're going to pass that ball back to the caregiver. It can't stay with you. It has to go back to the caregiver. And whether that's on the visit or in between visits or whatever it is, it needs to go back on the caregiver. and Because that's just building the capacity of caregivers and their um, competence and their confidence and all of that. And that's really what the mission of EI is. So we should we should be we shouldn't feel guilty for for spending time with caregivers and not spending time totally devoted to the child because you are the if you invest in that relationship if you invest on getting off on the right foot from the very beginning your sessions are going to go so much smoother when everybody knows their role and there are expectations and um, people feel free to say, hey, I didn't do that this week. It got really hard and he started doing something new and I need help with that and I don't know what I'm doing anymore. So because you'll hear that from families and we need to we need to meet them where they're at. But I'm going to put a big but here, full stop. But that does not mean we go back to toy bags. It does not mean we go back to um, modeling, demonstrating, and maybe passing off some general information about imitating or about this or about that or about motor planning. It doesn't mean that at all. We need to invest in coaching. You need to invest in yourself. Um, I found that out a long time ago. If I needed to get better, I needed to invest in myself and reflect and grow my own skills and be committed to that. And I want to say also that I, you know, there's an article that came out recently. I also shared it on my Instagram stories that there were some there. So there was a little research study done and parents reported that they were receiving um, family-centered early intervention services, where in fact, when the visit videos were reviewed, there wasn't any family-centered or coaching strategies being used. It was very much the practitioner with the child. However, the parents viewed that as positive and the only thing I'm going to say about that is, of course, parents are going to view it as positive. Parents are, they would love to see their child perform for another person. And they're probably going to gain some ideas here and there from watching you. Or, you know, they, you know, if they feel their child is making progress, you know, they will also report it as family-centered and, and they're happy with it. The only thing I'm going to say about that is, Families don't know what they don't know. And if they see their child is getting service and they're happy with the service, they're going to report that. However, so much more is being missed 
if you don't grab those incidental um, opportunities to embed early intervention, if you don't grab onto those routines that happen sometimes five, six, seven times a day, you're missing out. Families are missing out. Kids are missing out. And we're not, again, building the capacity of the caregiver. IFSP, Individual Family Service Plan. We service the family, not just the student or the child, but the child within that family, within the context of that home, within the context of those routines, because research shows time and time again, that's where kids learn best with people who are familiar to them, with materials that are familiar to them, in environments that are familiar to them. Okay, so that soapbox got way too long, and I apologize for that. For that. Um, and if you're not there yet, that's okay. If you're, um, if you're here and you're listening and you're trying to grow in your coaching skills and you're like, oh my gosh, I still do that, that is okay. This is the place and to just reflect on what you're doing and how and how to make it better, how to, how to do it better, how to, I mean, reach reach caregivers, reach reach children on a whole new level. Um, and honestly, you will feel so much better um, as a server, service provider, um, and it's so much more rewarding and the time and effort. It is to prep, plan, and prepare for your visits will become so much smoother and seamless. And yeah, so going back to, let's get back on. I feel like I've gotten off on several different uh, side roads here. So let's get back on the main road, which is getting ready for your best visits with families. Um, Take a look at what are the barriers to coaching during visits. What are the expectations that you have of yourself, that you have of the families? Meet the families where they're at. When we're talking about best visits, we're not talking perfect. We're not, I don't think we're even talking ideal. We're just striving for connection, for trust, for parent-child engagement, for that progress and feeling of success. I, I've mentioned this quote before. Or maybe I haven't. I don't know. Anyways, it's in a video. I think I have. But anyways, it's in a video from Russian Sheldon. I'll try and find it. Um, But the quote is something like, this is the gist of it anyways. You need to work yourself out of a job. You will not be going to this visit every day, forever. At some point, the visits are going to end. Your time with this family is going to end. And when it ends, it should be a feeling of, you got this now. You can do this. You, you've you got the skills. Um, you've got the information. You know where to go to get new information if you need it. Sharing those resources is always key. Um, but... But yeah, you you need to work yourself out of a job because you're not going to be there forever. So I feel like this podcast took a few different uh, side roads today. But um, 
again, going back to getting ready for your best visits with families, I feel really strongly about um, having a script or having catchphrases or having prepared something um, to deliver a message to somebody of what this is going to look like. You know, for example, at the end of all of my visits, I use the phrase, do you have a plan? What's your plan? Do you feel like you have a plan? Do you need to talk through the plan? Um, You know, that kind of thing. Or how do you feel about what you're going to work on this week? Those are those all set the stages to to successful home visits with families and coaching visits. Being predictable really helps too. So all all of those things um, really helps at the stage for for your best visits with families, right? Best visits, that's what we want. And I'm going to circle all the way back to the beginning when I talked about the IFSP meeting I had. And I really wanted to draw from that mom what she wanted that goal to look like. And I'm I'm going to give a tip here too at the end and then I'm going to wrap up. But whenever I do a social story or visuals or if I'm looking at any sort of like AT thing for that, especially if it's something I'm making specifically for a family, I will write the social story at the house. I will gather the visuals, like take pictures of what I need at the house. I will ask the caregiver, what kind of pictures do you want? Do you want pictures next to signs so you know what the sign is? Um, Do you want photos? Do you want line drawings? Do you want big? Do you want small? Um, I involve the parents in every single decision that when it comes to like bringing something out to the house. So that was an example with the visuals. So that also sets you up for your best visits with families. If you are thinking like you present the idea of visuals and then you ask the parent, is that something they're willing to try? Sure. You get the, um, you get, you get the sure, the automatic. Yeah. Why not? Don't just go back to your office or back to your car or wherever you go and pull out your visuals. Those should be really specific to what the routine is and where you're going to use this visual or where you're going to use this piece of AT. And so they should be involved in that process of what they want it to look like, how many they want to do, which ones they want to do. Um, all of that. When I write my social stories too, I I will go through it line by line with the family and ask if they're okay with some of the phrasing. And I bring this up because I just wrote one a couple months ago for a family and she really wanted to stay away from the word um, something like, that's mine or it's my turn. I was thinking that 
enforcing that um, mine or that possession would be helpful in communicating ownership instead of getting into a fight with the with the brother. And her perspective was, then everything will become mine. <laughs> and I was like, that makes sense. Okay, you know him best. And I would have totally written that in. Uh, so we wrote something totally different. I can't remember what it is. So so don't message me. I'll have to go back and look, though. If you message me, I promise I'll look. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So just involve parents. Don't go too fast. Involve parents and meet them where they're at. We're not looking for perfect. There is no perfect. There is no ideal. We are building the capacity of the caregivers visit to visit. We are shooting for connection, relationship, trust, and parent-child engagement, progress, and the feelings of they can do this and success. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts on this episode or feedback for the podcast, please check it out on Instagram. Leave me a message. Don't forget to promise that you will rate and review the podcast. That will put it in front of more people if you find this helpful. And again, this is just to help you kind of connect and reflect and sharing in my journey as I connect and reflect on my visits with families. So I hope you join me again for another episode of Rainbows and Rain.